Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and today we're talking to the health and transformational success coach, Dr. J.C. Dornick, also known as Dragon. Dragon's an author, an entrepreneur, a motivator, a podcaster. He wears a lot of hats. He's actually wearing one right now. But the, at the end of the day, these days, he's first and foremost a family man. He's learned his lessons as we all do, and he survived some very low spots, and they became turning points and teaching moments. Dragon's here to let us know that the very best is always yet to come, mm. and why organization, morning routines, and a sense of self and goals and visions are gonna get you beyond the dreams you desire. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope Dragon. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's so great having you here. And I'm sure it's always the first question you're asked, and I'm not going to be an exception to that. Why Dragon? First of all, just listening to you introduce me, I really liked it. And I, and I agree with it, what you just said <laughs> that I do. It, it's perfect. I'm going to have to listen to this recording after and, and, and use that. So yeah, everybody wants to know about Dragon. Um, I'm a, I'm not a fire breathing dragon, but it's it's a really cool concept because I believe that we all have our own version of what a dragon is. So we'll get into it. But I I come from a very very crazy roller coaster lifestyle. Very very fortunate, but at the same time experienced a lot of darkness and and struggle. Which now I look back and and I feel blessed for all of it. But at the time that I was going through those times in my life looking forward, I could not see myself becoming who I am now. The idea of becoming who I've become physically, mentally, and financially, and really for the, for the most part, getting my shit together, it just didn't make sense. It almost seemed mythical. So what's interesting, if you look at the history of, of you know, an evolution of mankind, and you research this concept of dragons, fire-breathing dragons, there's no proof. In fact, we're pretty sure that they didn't exist. You know, there's little dragons and stuff, but there's no these fire breathing dragons that these dragon slayers would go after. They were mythical. Right. But it, but then again, everybody spoke about them. So the whole concept of me calling myself dragon is because I have become something that at one time I believed to be mythical. So what most people don't know about this, Lauren, is that when I'm playing the role in Clubhouse or on my Rise Up with Dragon, every time I introduce myself as Dragon, I'm introducing myself in affirmation as this person that I've I'm come to be very, very proud that uh, I've evolved into. I'm just remembering now that because I've listened to a, a lot of different of your podcasts and different things you've maybe written about or I've seen on mm. Instagram, I'm now remembering you've overcome public speaking. Yeah, well, I'm overcoming it right now. Right, which, that's what's me, and I'm remembering yeah. that. And so that's that's one of your biggest fears, isn't that right? Well, case in point, pre-Dragon, I for whatever reason, I couldn't explain it because I was always a very confident person, but I just all of a sudden out of nowhere had the confidence taken out of me and for the first time experienced that just darkness of anxiety panic and all that stuff. So it's interesting. Because well, wait, how old were you then? So let's just, let's back up. Is that, I is would say so in your twenties, like how old were you growing up as a child? I was the talk of the town. I, I was the most confident, egotistical, somewhat of a jerk. You know, I could just carry conversations on every gather around everybody. That's who I was. 
But then I went through a, a, some stuff in life and I would say when I, so I became a doctor and consequently I, I started a, a very successful practice as a chiropractor and became a humanitarian. And I did all these wonderful things. And all of a sudden I just experienced what I call the darkness where I just lost my confidence. And I started to experience something that I heard people talk about, but I never believed could ever happen to me is I started to experience like extreme. I'm not just talking about like anxiety. I'm talking about extreme anxiety, like paralyzing anxiety, can't breathe, all that stuff, which sometimes you don't think is anxiety. You think you're having a problem. You need to go to the hospital. So as you know, when you have something like anxiety and all of your listeners, you included have all to some degree experienced anxiety. When you have that and it's really, really bad, you have two choices. One is to distract yourself from it, remove yourself, do something else or fight through it. So one of the things that I always preach is that God has mysteriously placed everything that we desire perfectly on the other side of a piece of shit. In life. Yeah, so, it is. Um, it's always through the toughest times we get our, that's right. Yeah. So right. I Go made ahead. a conscious decision that I'm going to learn how to move through under over around and just love the shit. You know, I became a friend with a monster in the closet. So I became a public speaker. What oh I didn't gosh. know <laughs> is that that was going to evolve into a big, big public speaking. I mean, I've been on stages in front of live 12,000 people with jumbotrons, like three stages back. And what most people don't know, because I go out there and I'm good at it and I'm, I'm this guy. Um, but what most people don't know is that I'm actually in my mind, 150% sure that I'm going to die. I'm going to fall down. I'm going to vomit and break my nose on the table. So case in point, a lot of this stuff that I do, it gets easier, never easy. It gets easier. I'm constantly putting myself into the position of the unknown. I'm constantly pushing. And to anybody out there that suffers, they know what I'm talking about. And it's just a choice. You have to make a choice. And if you're like me, you're like, I love this adrenaline. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel well, it too. I feel I it did. too. But for me, it's like, yeah, it's the adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It, I mean, I always feel it, but they're like, people are like, yeah. aren't you scared? Well, I'm like, I love this. <laughs> I'll tell you something interesting. And this is where I made a big shift. What I read an article one day, because when you when you suffer from something, you you become knowledgeable about it, because I really wanted to, to find out what is it real? Is it a thing? And I read an article one day that really helped me. I read an article about brain mapping and they showed two human brains and they showed the, the frequency and excitement going on in their, their brain maps. One of them was the brain of a human in a full-on anxiety panic attack. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was somebody that was just genuinely excited. And you know what? They looked exactly the same. So I made a shift in my brain a long time ago that what I was experiencing was just excitement. See, I labeled it as something bad. Mm -hmm. So I started to label it as something good. And then I learned a valuable lesson that I can, I'm the, I'm the author, director, and lead role in this movie, and I can write it any way I want. That right there is priceless uh, <laughs> right there so there that's so there's one thing that you overcame early yeah. on and it's so interesting too that it was the antithesis of what you were when you grew up mm. yeah there's yeah. no telling so well, he, he works in mysterious ways they yeah. say you know uh we and we've been led to believe that you know don't count your chickens before they hatch you know it's, it's uh, we've been led to believe like hey be careful don't get too comfortable in this 
comfort comfort that you have because you know the universe has a, an interesting way of challenging us. I'm not a big fan of worrying about the future. You know, like if you're a parent, that's like you thinking, "Oh my God, my child is so perfect. I'm worried that something's going to happen." That's not what I'm saying. But what I think one of the the major goals in life, and and I've learned this along the way, and this is what I teach other people to do on a big big scale is this concept of the obstacle is the way. You know, the, one of the only ways that you actually can prove that the universe is aware that you're contending for something, that you're going after something, is if it is challenging the hell out of you. My, my thing is, is that if you wake up and everything's perfect and it's just a calm day, guess what? You're not, you didn't get out of bed. Because if you even get out of bed and go after something, the universe is going to make you work for it. Why? Because it's that good on the other side. Yeah. So you're a transformational coach. Do you want to talk yeah. about what that is and what you sure. do? So and I, how I, you I, got there? Because I mean, yeah. my understanding is you're a chiropractor or you were one. And how'd you get yeah. to be a transformational coach? Well, just like an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic and I'm always a chiropractor, but I, I spent about 17 years practicing uh, chiropractic. And it's just, I was, my father was an Olympic athlete, is Olympic skier for France. That's where I got the name. Dragon's real name is Jean-Claude. In, 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 in the US, people screw that up. So I moved it to JC and now it's just Dragon. And my mom was a professional tennis player. Her claim to fame was that she played Billie Jean King and got her ass kicked. So I came from, I came from some healthy stock. So that's why I chose the path of a natural approach to healthcare and chiropractic. But and I did amazing things there. And, you know, I was known as the heavy metal chiropractor, took care of like anthrax and some heavy metal bands and the Royal Prince of Abu Dhabi. And like I did a lot of fun stuff, chiropractor for the New York Rangers. So navigating through all of that, one of the things that I identified, because when you're a doctor and you take care of people's problems, it's a very frustrating thing to do because you notice that people keep having the same problems. So what I started to do was look upstream at the cause of problems. So, you know, I noticed that if people have back pain all the time, they didn't wake up and decide to have back pain. So I started to notice like upstream, it was always lifestyle. So if, if people, you know, in their lifestyle, abused alcohol, smoked cigarettes, or didn't sleep properly, or didn't exercise, or had too much stress in their lives, or they were a workaholic, I started to notice, okay, if that it looks like that's where the problem was. But then I found something even further upstream from that. And this one's hot, you're gonna like this. Because I'm always trying to say, like, if I actually want to make a difference in somebody's life, where do I go to work? Mm -hmm. Right. Because as a doctor, you're working at the end of the road in the symptoms and then you're teaching people that are not equipped for the job to do something they can't do. So I started going up, 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 up. And I found what I believe is the true cause of disease in all problems in our country and the world. You want to know what it is? Go. It's emotional mismanagement. And what I mean by that is how people respond to the uncontrollables in life right? You're not in control of the stuff that happens. The bumper sticker says shit happens, whether you like it or not. What you're in control of is how you respond to it. So that's what I saw. But I saw that the primary way it was showing up, because how do you like approach somebody and say, hey, you're emotionally mismanaging your life? <laughs> you're not so, emotionally balanced. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to tell someone that or else you'll they're going to knock you out. So I, I saw that it was showing up in obesity and fatigue and, and depression, those were the symptoms. 
So I made a decision a long time ago. It was about 14 years ago. I went through a transformation myself. You know, I, I never told you this, but I had lost 80 pounds and I just like totally woke up and recovered my life, fell back in love with life. So naturally I wanted to do that for others. So I created a system and I started working with a company that meets people on a physical platform and lets them lose weight, improve their nutrition, things like that. But what, what it does is it actually wakes them up to this place where we can actually start slowly working on rewiring their mainframe, their programming, right? Which is how we look at things. And we call that a, like a, the habits of health transformational system. So it's kind of like being a life coach that also helps people with a physical, their physical goals along the way. So that's what we do is that's what we mean by transformation. Transformation takes place when somebody doesn't just achieve a physical goal. It's when they rewire their mainframe into a different version of themselves. So we've been hugely successful. It's an international company. We have certified something like 44,000 coaches to, to do the same thing. My wife and I are building this business in the US and now we're in uh, Singapore and Hong Kong as well. So that's where we've gotten our financial freedom from and we love it. So uh, why not start a podcast and, uh, and yeah. a bunch of other stuff? Uh, that, that's incredible. So how did you lose the weight? So I, I lost the weight using this, uh, this, the very yeah. system, you know, so you know, that's, and that's the thing, you know, I think you and I, probably share this because you have your story and you have your skills and talents. It's all about paying things forward. You know, I think that the most successful person is not the person that has the most money, not the person that's in the best physical or even mental shape. It's somebody that makes uh, somebody that's life matters, right? Somebody that like knows that if they were to pass, because we never know when we are, those last 10 minutes of our life, what are we really going to care about? We're going to say, did I actually make a difference, right? So I think that the, the way that we make a difference authentically is when somebody or something has made a difference in your life and you pay that forward and help somebody else, else with that. I believe that's what our calling is, is to take the things that have helped us and help other people pass it on, pay it forward to other. So that's why I fell in love with that concept. And, you know, at the same time, I wanted to have a wonderful life. I want to spend time with my family. I want to stay healthy because I'm a little bit of a workaholic in me. So that's why I learned how to duplicate it and, you know, stay home and have some fun as well while it's all taking place. I know you believe strongly in being organized and having a morning routine and yeah. having set goals. So we'll, we'll take those one at a time. Um, what is your morning routine and why do you think that's so important? So my morning routine is a little bit elaborate. So what I'll, well, I'll encourage <laughs> okay. anybody that's listening to, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the bullets on it, but I do, I, I have a podcast called rise up with dragon. And if you go find the one that's called model morning, I go over it all. In about and, and we'll minutes. have we'll have links for everything of yours yeah. in with our show notes. So and that, that one everyone. in particular is 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 really really cool. I'm writing a book and and, a, and an entire chapter of my book and our online course, 15 Days of Discipline, is very very big on this morning routine. But here are the bullets of it that that people can take some things away. The main idea behind a, a, a morning routine is, you know, if you use design thinking, what's the goal? So the goal is, is that I want to be the author of my book, right? 
I, I want to write my story. And I believe that everybody wakes up in the morning and doesn't take advantage of the morning, what the, the sequence of what happens, and then ends up letting the day run them. So the whole premise behind a morning routine for anybody is to set yourself up for success. As Hal Elrod would say, win the morning, win the day. He calls that the miracle morning. So here's, here's the real science behind it. When you wake up in the morning, and anybody can start practicing this right away, when you wake up in the morning, there's this valuable real estate that takes place when you move from unconscious to conscious. Now, how do you know you're doing that? Because when you're unconscious, you don't know anything. When you move from unconscious to conscious, you typically open your eyes, right? So that first moment where you open your eyes, I'm going to challenge everybody to take advantage of that, full advantage of that. And the way you do it is you just start off because you're groggy. You know what the hell's going on yet. Typically, human beings wake up and they go, oh, shit, it's, it's happening again and this whole thing. So I challenge everybody to just say thank you. First words out of your mouth. I say thank you. It moves you, starts to shift you in a place of gravity. And then of gravity or gratitude? I'm sorry, gratitude. Yeah. Okay. That's a, well, gravity, of, of course, but gratitude <laughs> is what I meant. So what happens is, is that like in the next 30 seconds, you start to get a little bit more conscious and then you can be more intentional and actually be thankful for the person laying next to you, hopefully, your children, the roof over your head, and all those things. So now all of a sudden, in one minute, You've started your day from a place of gratitude, not what you don't have or what you lost, right? In the place where you recognize I'm, I have everything. So or the next wanting more sleep, like you're like, oh, I can't wait to get up. Well, that's something that comes along the way. You know, it's who doesn't want more sleep? You know, I just learned to get the sleep that I needed for maximum performance. And I just always, I'm always focused on the prize that thing that's on the other side of the pile of poop, right? That's more important to me than the poop. And it's also more important to me than the extra sleep. So that's why I make that decision. My friend, Jim Quick says, you know, we, we come in, you know, the, the letters are B, C, and D. He says, we always come into the world and that's B, birth, right? And then at the end of our life, it's D for death, right? So the C is about the choices we make. So that's what I, I like to control the controllables. So here's the, here's the key. Now, obviously, you're reading, you're journaling, you're doing whatever it is, exercising, drinking water. I'm sure everybody has a routine. And like I said, you can listen to my routine. But you have to set the intentions and the theme for the day. And here's a secret that I learned a long time ago. When I, when I move my feet off the, the bed and I put them on the floor, I out loud, and you can ask Chicken, my, my wife, she hears me say this every day. She sleeps longer than me, obviously. I put my feet on the ground. And I look up and I verbalize, I say, how can I help? So the reason why I do that is I want to put myself in a place of service. And what's interesting is that I don't know the answer to that. So if I say, how can I help? I usually don't get an answer. I can pretend I do, but I don't. So from that point on, I'm curious about how I can help others. So that's how you become a servant is you become compassionately curious and ask questions all day. No, I hey, love that. I you? Now you've opened your heart. You've there completely you opened your heart. There you go. That's it. And that's, I've just found that um, that's the path of least resistance and most success for me. So my whole morning routine is about just going after that. And like I've told you before, my work day is usually over by about noon. So that's another bonus of waking up early.
Yeah, that's definitely a bonus. And, and yeah. I may be more like your wife because when the pandemic hit and the kids started, well, I only have one left at home, but uh, school was at home. All I was like, oh my gosh, I get to sleep an extra hour. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was about that part was about me. I am not somebody who everything's about me, but that part was. Yeah. So I, was, I was happy with season. that extra hour. Everybody but, goes through seasons yeah, and, you know. and everything's okay. <laughs> but now it's like, you know, with the teenager getting them up. Why do you call your wife chicken? <laughs> so first of all, my, my wife is the most amazing human in the world. Um, yes. You and, speak incredibly I, highly of her. And yeah, she's and always... She, Piping in, I, I can hear her in the background and sometimes right there with you on the podcast. Yeah. And I just love it. And it's not just her accent, but her accent is yeah. extra endearing. And and I'll say that I, you know, we we I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the struggle that I had, but I, you know, I'm not I don't I don't live below the line and place blame on others, but I experienced a lot of dysfunction in relationships growing up, whether it was divorce and just I have no. I have no proof that relationships can work. And I have no proof growing up in my environment that love lasts forever and all that stuff. So I built concepts around that. So naturally I got divorced because, you know, this, that was my perception. Like that was okay. That, yeah. It's time to get divorced, you know? Oh, it's okay. I've got a good idea. Let's get divorced, you know? So then I was single for about seven years out on the dating scene. And, you know, that's a, a hot mess, you know, especially if you don't know what you're doing. So went through all that stuff. But what I did is I made a conscious decision a long time ago that I was going to work on myself. I started working on my, my physical. I got in the best health of my life. I never told you this, but I'm actually 85 years old. Yeah. So I got in fantastic physical shape. I read a book a week. I took a speed reading course and a memory retention course from my, my very good friend, Jim Quick. So I just devour knowledge and I just consume, consume, consume. I'm, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, we're all programmed by our mother, father, teacher, preacher, and society and, and the social media field feed the highlight rule real. So I stay away from all that stuff and I consume things that support where I want to go. So I did that for about seven years and what because I know a lot of people we have a relationship podcast and we we do our morning show as well. A lot of people are looking and hoping and praying for the one and love. What I have to say is that I had to become who I that's part of becoming the dragon. Only the dragon could find the chicken. So the reason why we call each other chicken and dragon, you heard my idea of, of, of dragon. She, I mean, she's beautiful. You know, here, here's a picture of her right here. So anyway, she's, she's a, she's from South Africa. She's just the most For anybody who isn't seen. watching the video. Oh, that's right. I can We're, just share a picture of a chicken. Picture of a chicken. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she, when we, when we first uh, started communicating and texting back in the earlier days, she would communicate to me with the emoji from the iPhones, you know, on the bottom of the chicken. Mm -hmm. And she just was so good at it. So that's why we started calling her chicken. Okay. That's, yeah. that's very good. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I love that. How'd you guys meet? We actually met on Bumble. Oh, that so, is, that's classic. I love it. Oh, that. it's the greatest no, no, no. thing because I, I, uh, you know, when you're getting on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people, everybody wants to talk to you and everybody knows who you are. And I was climbing the, the success charts. So I didn't want to meet anybody from that world because I, I really wanted to no. meet somebody and have Definitely the opportunity. Not. 
So I chose online dating, which is a mess, right? But no, we, we just found each Scott other. And I, we, Scott and I found each other online. Are you kidding? Well, it works. You can find the person, but <laughs> you got to go through a lot of, a lot of mess to find it. Yeah. She's uh, my, my wife is she's, she's in mental health. Um, she's South African, but at the time she was a sex coach. So just imagine going through Bumble and seeing this beautiful girl from South Africa. And all it said in her profile was South African sex coach. I swiped right on that puppy. And, but when we met, it was just beautiful. I mean, we just peas in a pod and we're just, we can't, we actually both work from home. I take her with me everywhere I go, unless she can't come. And uh, we've got this amazing story of this little girl that's coming into our life. We're adopting a little girl, which was just came from the heavens. You know, I mean, that's a whole other story. I don't know if we have time for it, but anyway, that's, that's my chicken. I, I love that story. And now I know that you have gone through some very, very dark times. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like what took yeah. you down that far and how you got out. Yeah. And, and, uh, I have a chapter in my book called Snap, Snap, and I'll, I'll just give a highlight of it because it's based on this story. I grew up in a, in a very, very wealthy town. Kids had money. So there was a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. You know, in our pregame show, Lauren asked me, she says, did you ever struggle with alcohol, uh, substance abuse and alcohol. And I said, I it's tried a natural very, question very, for people that have gone through what you're about to talk about. Yeah, and to I, me, I, and mean, I always ask that because yeah, that's, that's my story. So like, uh, here I am on the other side, just, luckily, and I'm grateful every day that I'm not there. And yeah, so go ahead. Sorry. And by the way, when I heard you tell that story, that's when I, that's when I first noticed you. And I said, I want to get to know her because I respect that. So I always joke and say, I tried everything in my power to become a drug addict and an alcoholic, meaning I did everything and, and really worked hard at it, but it just never stuck. But growing up in this environment, it did stick for a lot of my friends. So at a very, very young age, it started off at 11 years old, my, my father left home, right? My father was never really home because he's kind of a world traveler and just all of a sudden, I came home and he and my parents were getting divorced. So abandonment, abandonment, abandonment. But I was very good because I had and, great and they didn't tell you anything about it, right? They're just gone. Well, I'll, I'll get did. to that part. Okay. So, <laughs> so the next thing is is that progressively, all of us started partying, drinking too much, doing drugs, everything you can imagine. It's just insane to think about how I'm alive. But five of my friends are not alive, so I lost close friends to drug overdoses, suicides, and things like that. So that's a pretty dark thing when you're in like 10th grade of high school to go through is to learn how life can just end, right? So I just remember going through all of those things and just being like a third degree black belt at pretending they didn't happen. So I started to hide behind my personality. I, I was very good at distracting myself from the dysfunction in my family, the divorce and all that stuff and all these terrible things. I was just really good at pretending that something else was, was important. Now, later on in life, that came to bite me in the ass because for those of you that suffer with abandonment, meaning you've been abandoned by others, the challenge with abandonment, and I teach a lot of people this in my coaching, 
is that if you've experienced abandonment, every time you go after a physical, mental, or financial goal, and you're going after something, you know, and you notice that you always yo-yo and oscillate, you know, I always say, if you notice that you're going after your goals, or you're trying to get into town in a rocking chair, right? A lot of people resonate with what I mean. You're oscillating. Here's one of the reasons. If you've ever been abandoned in your life, you know how much that sucks. So you make a decision that you're never going to let anybody else get abandoned. So while you're on your journey towards things, if anybody else needs your help, you will leave yourself for others. So I had to make that identification. And I did that through a lot of personal growth and coaching. But my darkest time it, I, I didn't even know it, but it started to progressively come. I started to notice that I was experiencing things like depression. Now, when you're a very confident person, you don't want to admit that. So you pretend that it's not happening. But I started to notice that at a certain time each year, I would get pretty bummed out and, and you know, just kind of start tickling and seeing the dark side. But long story short, I was about 25. No, wait, how old was I? Not 25. Yeah, 25 years old. No, I was I was I was in my mid I was in my mid 20s and I was just getting out of chiropractic school, right? And it was time for me to face the world. Now I was an accelerated student. I always wanted to be the best, right? So I'm getting married, I'm top in my school, I've got the best job, I'm going to go work for the top doctor in Manhattan and all that stuff and all of that is happening. Everything that I ever desired, I'm going to be the most successful guy in the world, right? And all of a sudden, boom, I just lost my confidence. And I just experienced this darkness. And, and only people that have really come to terms with this would understand what this is. I just all of a sudden no longer knew what my purpose was. And, I, and I, I looked back and I thought I had wasted all this time. And I just panicked. I panicked and I said, I, you know, I just, I was in a dark hole and I didn't know how to get out. And I didn't even know how to ask for help, which is, which is really tough about those times in life. So thank God, my mom, who is just an amazing person, mama pigeon, my mom at the time I was living with my mom because I was getting married and it was like, live with your parents before you get married time. And I'm a doctor. So my mom noticed this and I stopped working. I quit my job and I just curled up in bed. And the most confident guy in the world became the most unconfident, depressed guy in the world. And only thing I could see to fix this was to just turn the lights out. So that's where I got in my life. And I never believed I could be there. I'm sitting across from a therapist in a chair saying, how the fuck did I get here? How did this happen? So I have so much respect for anybody that's ever been to that place. And I love helping people like that. But here's what happened. I was in a session with my, and this is, this is where everybody can have hope, 52 weeks of hope, right? So here's, here's week, what week are we on of, of the year? Do we know? Uh, right now? We'll just say it's, April. It's, it's, April. it's 30, 33rd week of hope. So I'm sitting there and, and my, and this therapist is asking me questions and I just, I just want to check out. And she started to ask me questions about my, my upbringing. Long story short, she made a very big distinction. And what she asked me was, when did you, when did you become depressed? Right. And I told her on this day and she says, what else was going on? And I said, well, that's, that was my birthday. It was my birthday, right? So on my birthday, this is when this whole thing started, which I wasn't aware of. And then she goes, tell me about your birthday. And I said, oh, I hate my birthday. 
I don't like my birthday. And she goes, why? And I go, I don't want gifts. I don't want. So I went on this whole conversation with her. And I love telling this story because this is where my life started. This is where the dragon was born. And I'm just telling her, I hate my birthday. I'm depressed. I don't like to tell people. I would hide my birthday from everybody. She kept digging and digging and digging. You know what she found out is that when I was was 11, well, when I was 11 years old, I walked into my house on my birthday And that was when my parents got divorced on my birthday and forgot my birthday. So as soon as she made that connection, I went snap. And I just, I, it's like, I pulled everything that I needed from every folder in my brain. And I just was fixed in a minute. And I made a decision that day, two decisions. I'm never going back to that darkness and I'm going to help other people. And that, that was when this whole thing started. So of course I'm successful. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's, my, you know, that's, that's it. When that when those snaps happen, it changes everything. Everything. And you need someone. I've had I've had those snaps happen, and I needed someone to tell them to. I wasn't even in a therapy session, but yeah. I had to have my best friend to call and say, "Listen to this." Yeah. So that's, I I just had to have someone to tell. I was single at the time, and, and it just. Everything made sense all of a sudden. That's it. You're going to, you are going to love my book. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it just made sense. Why would I have gone back to him? Like him, it it just made no sense, but it suddenly did. It was something from my childhood that this and that, and that it was like, it was such a ridiculous little thing, but it made everything make sense. And then I could heal and I could eventually end up in a relationship like I'm in now, like an incredible, yeah. loving, healthy relationship. So. You know, this, this, the science of this is interesting. And I talk a lot about this stuff in my podcast. I'm very, very fascinated with perception. You know, I think that I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that all we really need to do to succeed more in life and be more fulfilled is have a better response system to stuff right? So we're interfacing with stuff all day. And what we don't know is that our analytical mind, which, which processes stuff that we're looking at, people, things, all, or events, right? Our mind is not our mind. Our mind is actually been programmed by extraneous factors, our mother, our father, our teacher, preacher, events, all these events, right? So we're walking around all day, responding to stuff, of course, we fly off the handle and get upset and argue and and do stupid, stupid stuff. We're acting with our unconscious mind, our program. So I started to recognize, Did I just researched this, and we're probably in control of about 5% of the day, meaning our, our conscious brain, and you and I are having a conversation right now, this is a conscious brain, we're, we're, we're present moment, you and I were thinking, but right after this, we're going to go back into the flow of our day. And we're just going to go on autopilot and our program will take over. So I started to recognize that it's like, forgive us for we know not what we do, right? So I started to get really fascinated with unconscious behavior. And it gave me a couple of things. It gave me the ability to start working on myself and my response system. And then that's why I wrote that book. It's all about that. But it also gave me the ability to practice empathy. So I think that people are all wonderful. I don't think anybody, including serial killers, 
I don't think anybody actually wants to do somebody else a bad thing. I actually think that people just are unconscious. They don't know what it is that they're doing. So I'm not going to tell you that I say, oh, come here, serial killer. I love you. That's not what I'm saying. But it taught me part of my response system is empathy. Whenever somebody would say something to me or attack me or an event would perceive uh, an event would happen that would perceivably be bad, a negative thing, I started to learn this system of pausing. And before, because of all this stuff I'm talking about, I started to say, hey, wait, before I make a decision on what's happening, let me ask some questions. Is this happening to me or for me? Is this a bad thing? Does this have anything to do with me, right? What's in, what's in my control and what's not? And I started to learn this system of recognizing that most of what I was seeing happen in, in life didn't really matter. So I started to develop the, not a thick skin, but an open skin. And I started to care less about things that didn't matter. I started to teach other people that that's what I wanted to do. Right. And in the scheme of life, how important is this thing really anyway? Like, right. are you going to remember right. it next week, next month, next year? Like, really? <laughs> I think I, this person did something to me, but I don't even remember what it was. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So cool. And that's a conversation we could have for ever. Oh, absolutely. Definitely, definitely. So when you share this, you've got all these people that you pass this on to and all yeah. over the world. What's your ultimate goal with this? Just to keep love and service. And well, that's that's mine. But <laughs> I just think, you know, I, I'm I constantly I think that the question that most humans think is the big question is why are we here? Like what what's our purpose here? Why am I here? And it's like an identity thing. But I don't think that's the, the big question that we should be asking. I think we should be really asking the question, where am I right now? I think we need to learn how to just become more conscious. We have to learn how to become more aware of what's actually happening because of this, the, you know, everything's against us, 95% unconscious versus 5%. So I love that. So from that place, I'm starting to play in this in this space where I'm not sure that everything that we see is what we actually see because I'm realizing I'm I'm waking up more and more every day and recognizing that these eyes are seeing things but what's behind the eyes is this program that's not necessarily mine and god look at social media and all this stuff we're looking at things through the eyes that somebody else programmed so I'm playing around with this idea that reality might not be everything we thought. So then, then it leads me to this question. And this is what I love to help people do. I love to, to entertain the idea of like, well, what's the purpose of life? Because I want people to, to have a better life experience. I want to play a role in people having a better response system and enjoying life more. But what's the purpose of life? What's the goal? How will you know that you had a successful life? Right? So I've come up with this. I believe that the purpose of life is to experience it. The very word life has to do with living, right? Too many people are trying to not die, not living. So I think you have to experience life and enjoy it and explore it. So now what are some things that we can do to leverage our ability to experience and explore? Well, we can, and what are the controllables? We can control 
are physical. We can control what we eat. We can control how much water we drink. We can exercise. I know a lot of people don't believe that to be true, but you are in full control of that. And you can improve your health. You can read. You can change what you consume and you can change what comes in and you can change what comes out. So I have a, a system of meeting people where they're at and starting them off in this process to improve their physical, mental, financial health. But the overall goal is so that they can enjoy life more and experience it more. You know, we don't take money with us when we, when we die, but money gives us the ability to have a better life experience. And I think that's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. What do you do with naysayers, with people? Do you just kind of ignore them, let it be water over the bridge or so to speak? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I have empathy for naysayers. You know, I I, I was one, you know, I, I when, whenever I meet somebody that is a naysayer or, you know, says no or makes fun of somebody else, I just, people that know me really well, I don't react to things with more than sounds. You know, whenever somebody comes up and they go, hey, what you do is a bunch of crap, you know, Dragon's response would be like, huh, and that's it, you know, and, and because- <laughs> That's pretty good, I like that. <laughs> well, what they're saying has nothing to do with me. It's not right. Yeah, business, that's you know? so true. Because what I'm thinking in my head is, did I ask you? You know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I think it's very interesting how human beings, and this is what social media is about, this highlight reel, Everybody's trying to be right. I chose to be kind versus right. And that's an open space. So I love naysayers. You know, without naysayers, then what would the other side look like? Without darkness, light wouldn't exist. So mean people, naysayers, haters. Oh my God, I love them so much. I appreciate them so much because they make me realize how special it is to meet somebody like you, Lauren. Oh, thank right? you. <laughs> without those, without the mean people nice people would be out of luck because they wouldn't yeah, matter. We wouldn't stand out. <laughs> you wouldn't stand out. That's so it. next time you meet a mean person, love on them. But a chicken and I refer to those people as cartoons because we're not even sure that they exist. We think the universe sent them to us to just test us, you know? Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you are not all nice and all everything else. I know that you do wake up with those negative thoughts because you've talked about it. Every day. Do you want to talk about what you do and how you process that to so, get on the, the right side, the sunny side of the street, so to speak? Well, the whole concept of my podcast is based on this model morning, and I call it the rise up great morning, right? So the premise of, of it, you might, you might think it's about winning the day, but a big part about of winning the day is rewiring your brain for the win right? Who you are determines how well what you do works. So you have to start off with the who before you jump into the do, right? So I like to set myself up as the person, because remember, I'm the author, I'm the leading role, I'm the director, everybody of my story. So once you start realizing that you have control over it, you realize that a good day or a bad day is the fantasy that you created. Because on the day that I say it's good, I just I'm saying there's no bad today. Of course, there's bad. And on bad days, it's good. Whenever somebody asks Dragon, hey, how are you doing? I say it's all good because it's always happening. But it starts off, you're, you're saying, how do I get my mind in the right place? It starts off by recognizing what controls your mind, right? And what controls your mind until you take control of it is outside in, your program, your consumption. So the first thing I do is I change what I consume. 
And that's why I have my morning routine is I control the consumption. We don't watch TV in this house anymore. We don't even know when the president is elected until people tell us and stuff like that. And a lot of people have a lot of trouble with that. But this is one of our exercises. We are in full control of what we consume. The podcast, the books, everything. We don't, we don't watch news and things like that. So the reason why we stopped that is because I read an article the other day that said that this generation, and this is not high level usage, these things right here, we touch, point, swipe, and click these things over 2,000 times a day. Yeah, I think without it's knowing more. It. I think it's more. It's probably more. So I just did it three times while I was talking to you. So here's my thing. We're unconsciously consuming stuff that's programming our brain, which is creating a perception that everything sucks. So I just reverse engineer it, change what I consume. And all of a sudden you do this in a, you know, my course is called 15 days of discipline. I teach people how to do this. All of a sudden you start to see things different. Wayne Dyer used to say, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So you have to create a system that helps you look at things differently and call me crazy. Call me naive. You know, I had somebody the other day say, Hey, you should turn the TV on and watch the news. So you know, what's really going on. And I said, Hmm. Huh. You know, and I'm thinking in my brain, because that's all I said, is you should turn the TV off and look at your, your kids and your wife and see what's really going on. But I never say that to the person because I just I love them. I love I love all people. But that's it. I'm in full control of what this fantasy is in this world. Yeah, no, I understand that. Do you have a message of hope that you want to give? Yeah, I think my message of hope is that wherever you're at right now, you're there. And it's fine. And if you listen to my story and you check the facts, what you'll see is that life sucks sometimes, right? Life can really get sucky sometimes. But if you listen to my story and any success story, you go up to the top of the mountain and you interview people that are physically, mentally, and financially whole, they all tell the same story. They, they point down and you go, you see that person down there going through that shitty, sucky time? I did the same thing, but I learned that that was part of the recipe for success. So you start to learn to embrace the suck. So if you're not sucking, you're not growing, right? So that's my message of hope is that if you're out there and you're struggling, man, am I jealous because you're right on the, the forefront of something amazing should you decide to push through it. And you should push through it because everything always works out and gets better. It really does. You can't believe it when you're on the other side of the fog, nah, but it really does. It really. I mean, it's it's what prompted 52 weeks of hope because I was like, what the hell was that? And yet it passed. <laughs> I, I would assume if we went back and listened to all your episodes, there's a common theme. Everybody has a different way of getting through it. But the common theme is you get through. Yeah. You always get through, just persevere. So this was so fun. Thank you yeah. so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. My pleasure. Yeah. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Dragon's messages of organization, morning routines, and clear-cut goals into our week ahead. Let me know if you change up your routine at all. I know I have a little bit since interviewing Dragon. I'm definitely more intentional. I say thank you when I open my eyes, and I definitely see a difference since I've interviewed him. So let me know if you change up your routine at all. Leave me a message on the website, 52weeksofhope.com. Did you do anything to break out of the box in this past week? How did that go? Be sure to let me know also on the website. And if you want to get in touch with Dragon, I'll post all of Dragon's links along with the show notes on the website. So you everything that he referenced on here, you have no trouble getting in touch with him or any of his links over there on the website. Be sure to tune in next week. I interviewed a very cool intuitive marketing soul tribe branding expert, Kristen Balter. She discusses how she discovered her intuitive powers and lets them unleash on her design and branding business and helps you unlock yours to create and embody your best personal brand and for your business. So it was a very, very cool, empowering conversation. So I know you'll enjoy that. Don't forget on the website, there's a free ebook, How to Be Your Best Self Now simple exercises designed just to help you get up, stay engaged and do what you truly want to do and get clear on that so that you can better build yourself up and better serve the world. It's nothing hard, just really simple tools laid at your feet to get moving and be your best self right now. If you're on Clubhouse, be sure to visit me at five o'clock on Tuesdays, Pacific time and in the Hope Club every Thursday, as well as various pop-up rooms, which I can always do with you if you'd like. Anybody can get on there now. Just again, shoot me a message at the website 52weeksofhope.com. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to share the love and tell two of your friends about the episode. Please follow the podcast as well as leave us a positive review. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.